Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast, holiday edition. I'm Sean Coomer, the founder of Miles to Memories, and I'm joined today on a special show by uh, two great co-hosts. Joe isn't here today. He took the week off for the holidays. So joining us today are Bethany from Bougie Miles, our former senior editor on Miles to Memories, coming back home, and uh, managing editor Mark Osterman. As a reminder, you can find all of the links to subscribe to the podcast at mtmpodcast.com. There you can find the latest episode to stream, plus subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and so much more. mtmpodcast.com. All right, let's get into it. On to the show. Yeah, Bethany, welcome to your first uh, your first appearance on the Miles to Memories podcast. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much. And I believe that I am the first guest, right? You are the first, uh, yes, the first one that's not me, Joe, or Mark I to would... be on the show. Yes, you just want to rub it in Jeff, uh, Jeff's face from Award Travel 101, don't you? Everybody's. Yeah, Mark, Mark's invited <laughs> everybody to be the on the podcast. <laughs> but Mark invites, we have so many uh, people in the, to be guests on the podcast and we don't have guests. So I don't quite understand why Mark keeps inviting people. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that they get mad at you when you don't have them on, that's why. <laughs> well, here I am. So, yes, And this is our uh, special holiday edition of the Miles Memories podcast. Joe had to take the week off. So we uh, decided to go OG and invite Bethany Walsh from Bougie Miles here to uh, join Mark and I. And uh, in case you don't know, Bethany was a uh, senior editor on Miles to Memories for almost a couple of years, I think. Mm-hmm. And Cheers. now you're uh, over on Bougie Miles. And how's that going? Uh, it's pretty awesome. It's way more work than I ever anticipated. And I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, it's awesome. That's why I like it here because Sean has to do all the hard stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some would argue what what's hard and not, but uh, yeah, there's a lot to look at when you're running your your own site compared oh, to, to just writing for others. So many entities, it's like so many moving parts that I did not expect because you used to take care of all of them. Well, I'll just pat myself on the back here. <laughs> I guess this is the prop Sean up episode. No, it's no. true though. <laughs> no, I'm already. Uh, incredibly I'll tear it down later. Don't worry. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> One minute of Bethany giving me a compliment, and 45 minutes of Mark tearing me down. That's what you're about to hear. On There's this a little balance. Edition. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Mark, you just went and saw. Uh, we can't have spoilers on the show, but you just went and saw Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. And as like a non-Star Wars fan, what did you think of it? Uh, the best part was the previews, for sure. <laughs> Man, how could you walk into a movie like that, walk out and not have fun? I don't understand it. No, to be honest, uh, I didn't have any expectations. As you say, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, I don't really like many of the movies. I like The Mandalorian and I liked Rogue One. The rest of the movies, not so much. And so my expectations were pretty low, like dirt level low. And uh, it was entertaining. It dragged a little bit. Um, there was like 15 minutes of hugging at the end. But other than that, I thought it was okay. It, was, it wasn't as, I, I thought of this, the newest trilogy, I thought it was the best one. What did you end up thinking about it, Sean? Yeah, I agree. It's the, and I am a Star Wars fan, although I don't like read every book and I'm, I'm not nerdy in that way. So there's, I guess, different levels of fans, but I I don't know if you. I believe that at all. No, I'm not that nerdy. Believe me. I just no, watched you- the movies. That's as, to the extent of my, uh, and of course the, like the TV shows and stuff, but I, of course. Yeah. So now, now you just call me a huge nerd. Now I just want to not, talk. now if I can't get have, my nerd. If we ever have Ian on the show, he is, yeah. he used to nerd out and read all the books. So oh, you, probably, exactly. you could probably do a star Wars pod with him and just let him talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You always got to keep a nerdier person around just to make yourself look not so nerdy. <laughs> 
And uh, but yeah, I, mean, I really liked it. I thought I agree with you. It's the best of the new movies, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And if you like Star Wars, I think it delivered on all the stuff that I really like about Star Wars. I know other people seem to be looking for different stuff in the movie, so the reviews are a bit mixed. But the biggest news of this is that when I bought the tickets, our local AMC theater has this one Dolby Atmos like the best projection, best sound theater. And the first showing of the day, it's normally like 16 bucks to do that. But the first showing of the day is $11. So I spent, we did the first showing of the day and it has recliner seats. But the sound in there was like, unlike anything I've ever experienced in a theater. It was pretty amazing. The screen was the size of an IMAX screen, but it wasn't curved. Um, but it just had a just beautiful 8K display and, and the sound. That's the way to, to see a Star Wars movie for sure. I love that you are all excited that you paid 11 bucks. I paid 12 bucks for three people. Boom. <laughs> no, uh, well, I could have paid five dollars to be in a, in the cheap theater, sure, Mark. But uh, I think that when you're when you're seeing Star Wars, you can spend a little bit more to uh, to get that. And I didn't, you know, I saved five bucks by going to the first show of the day there, so I'm happy with that. So, Bethany, did you uh, did you see Star Wars? I don't think you did, huh? I did not. I ha- actually <laughs> haven't been to the movies in two years. Huh. Why not? You just don't. If like Uber's it. Eats could deliver you movies, then you'd oh, be for set. sure, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have a hard time sitting there for two hours. Yeah, as she says while she walks around with her mic in her hand because she can't sit down for this. (laughs) I just can't sit still. I don't know. It's uh, and then I get yelled at for being on my phone, and it's just not my thing. (laughs) You're one of those people. That's that's why they have that opening thing for Bethany. Yeah, I don't understand why it bothers people. I mean, it's not like I'm talking. I'm just looking at it. It's the light. (laughs) I, I, I'm just taking yeah. selfies in the middle of the theater. I don't know what would bother people. <laughs> Sit in the back row and then it'll be fine. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. And sp- I come to the of- movies to type on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may not like to sit in the movie theater, but I do know you like to sit on the beach. And, oh, uh, yeah. and so I think. <laughs> oh, look you- at that segue. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I figured it out. Money. I wanted to talk about, so you're going to, to Baja Mar in a week or two, right? I heard you might've been going too. I might, I might be there. Yeah. Don't let people know where Sean's going to be and when he's going to be. Then they follow him. No, that's not true. (laughs) Until it is. (laughs) Well, we don't have to tell them what day is. Uh, Yeah, so we're going to Baja Mar because we all booked the same mistake rates uh, with Hyatt. And I don't know. What what kind of room did you get? I got a three-bedroom penthouse suite. Well, I had several different bookings and I had to let a few of them go. So the one that I actually settled on because of the dates was a one bedroom pool villa, which is actually in their reserve. And it's one of their top kind of top level category rooms. It's a higher category than the tower suites, apparently, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it has different decor. It's all what it's closer to the pools, which will be good because we're with the uh, I'm with the family there. I've been talking with them back and forth, trying to figure out what's the best suite if I should switch to a one-bedroom suite in the tower. I did have other reservations that had two-bedroom suites, but this one actually, for the nights I'm there, the one-bedroom pool bill is selling for about $1,100 a night, not including taxes and all their service fees and resort fees and stuff. And I got it for $225 a night. It's so, amazing. Yeah. And some of my two-bedroom suites were like $300 a night on my other dates. So this was my cheapest reservation, but the dates worked out well. And, and we really don't need more than one bedroom uh, for, for us, the three of us. So it's going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. going to be uh, exciting. Yeah. So I got the same, I got a two bedroom poolside villa for my second reservation that I'm doing at the end of January. So I'm interested to see yours. It's also in the reserve. Yeah. I think the, the two bedroom poolside villa just has a separate, like an adjoining room added to the, to the one bedroom, but I could be wrong. Somebody had told me, but yeah, these rooms look beautiful. So uh, we will see it. It doesn't look like there's a bad room in the house. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll figure it out, and then whoever gets the best suite will be envious of it. Well, I guess you have the three bedroom penthouse. So I guess that trumps my one bedroom poolside villa. <laughs> so maybe you'll maybe you'll let me tour that. I don't even know how how much overlap we have on our dates because we booked these completely separate of each other and just happen to be there. Yeah. And then lucky us, there's like 10 other people going at the same time. So we all have to wear bathing suits in front of everyone. <laughs> that should be fun. Yeah. That'll be. <laughs> I'll be at the private reserve pool hiding away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also doing uh, I'm also doing Atlantis. Bethany, you know Atlantis pretty well. I'm doing it I love Atlantis. for a couple mm-hmm. nights using the diamond uh, benefit from uh, from Caesars. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We went when Ellie was a year old, but now that she's uh, almost five, I think that she'll have a better experience there. And uh, we're going to stay just for a couple nights. And did you end up upgrading to one of the other towers or are you doing beach? So they changed the the rules of the promotion this year to make it better in some ways and worse in others. If it was the beach tower, I wouldn't even bother staying there. It's that it's so bad. That's what I thought. Even even the coral tower, I wouldn't stay there. But uh, in the off peak times, which early January is considered off peak, you know, following the holidays, you get the royal tower as a diamond. So we're booked into the royal tower. And, oh, that's great. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so we only did it three nights there instead of the four that we could have done. We'll probably arrive pretty late, you know, stay at Baja Market late checkout and arrive pretty late the first night. And then we'll spend two full days there. And then we have a flight pretty early the last day. So we're only going to be at Atlantis two full days, which I think is enough to kind of experience it where we don't have to spend all the crazy amounts of of money there and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, my wife has to gamble for like four hours. Yeah, Uh, I think that's the new the new rule. So she's not complaining about that. She'll just go sit in the machines and have <laughs> free fun. booze yeah. away from the child. Yeah, get rid of us and dump. Do us you and... have to have an average bet, or is it just four hours of gamble? It's just no, four just hours four. of gambling. Yeah, it's just the time that they said. And I understand that. I mean, we did this a similar offer a couple of years ago and didn't gamble. I don't gamble, but she didn't gamble very much at all, if at all. I'm not even sure. So I could understand them doing that, and that's fine. She doesn't mind betting small, so you know she can lose a, a negligible amount of money in the four hours and. Even if it's a hundred bucks or something, you're still coming out way ahead, getting the free hotel and everything else. Oh, for sure. And uh, were resort fees included or you have to pay those? It comes to about $70 a night. So it's resort fee and then there's a housekeeping fee. So it's about $70 a night in fees that you end up having to pay with this offer. So it's significantly. uh, Now, I should say if you paid cash, you'd still pay the same $70 a night plus the cash fee. Yep. and additional taxes and stuff. The one thing about the Bahamas is it's and it's why I'm not really up on it as a as a vacation destination really. I do want to try out these resorts. I've been to Atlantis before, but I want to try out Bahamar. Is their airport taxes are high. Everything has a really high service fee. You're just not getting out of the Bahamas without spending a lot of money. Uh, unfortunately, compared to other destinations which I feel can be a little bit more uh, budget friendly. Oh, absolutely. I think it's one of the most expensive Caribbean islands that you can visit. Yeah. And the one thing that gets me is the stupid uh, taxes on when you're flying home, it's like $110, $120 in taxes yeah, they charge like on uh, to depart. So even if you get an award ticket and use miles and points, you're still going to be paying uh, some cash to fly back. Make sure you guys go to the fish fry. I, I want somebody else to go there one time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We always talk about it. I say I'm definitely going this time, and then I do not move my butt away from the pool. Yeah, I think that's going to be – I got some pretty hardcore travel coming up after that, so I think that uh, I'm going to be relaxing. I don't know if I'm going to leave, but if I do, I'll do the fish fry. Definitely. Yeah, go to Goldie's is the the best one there, I think. Is that the one where the guy stands out front and tries to get people to go in? Yeah, well, there's a guy that stands out front. He he 
he'll talk to you and say, where do you want to go and stuff? And then I think he gets like a kickback anywhere he takes people. But usually he does recommend Goldie's as well. Um, so we're like, hey, we're going to Goldie's, you know, we're set. And he's like, well, I'll just walk with you. <laughs> so he can still get credit <laughs> for it. But he's always out there. He's a super nice guy. But uh, yeah, Goldie's, they they pull the conch right out of the ocean right in the back and cut it up right there in front of you and stuff. So it's a cool place, a good experience. Huge portions, cheap food. So we met the owner's uh, brother when we were there. I think his name was Joe. Super nice guy. He was working behind the bar. So we've all, we've been there several times. We've always had a good time. All right. And cool. And then I wanted to ask you one more thing. So you were just in Canada too, right, Mark? Yeah, I went to Windsor for a night to burn. Uh, my buddy still had the $100 celebration dinner that he had to use. So we went over there and had some fun and ate some lobster and partied till six in the morning. So <laughs> what hotel did you stay at? Uh, the the Caesars. Uh, they have a Caesars property right over the border. Um, so I got comped from my status. And, you know, we just hung out. We hit downtown, hit a couple bars downtown, watched uh, some some football because NFL and college had a couple bowl games. So we did that. Went back, gambled some and stayed up too late, unfortunately. <laughs> I felt it the next day for sure. And all we saw was um, a picture of Mark's view, which was a, a pile of dirt. Looking back, <laughs> I looked over a pile of dirt and then Detroit in the in the distance. Oh, well, there's a river in between. Come on, <laughs> you sold me on uh, going there. I'm telling you, yeah. with that, uh, with that there was a pickup late night hockey game pickup that we like walk by and watch for a little bit because it's Canada, you of know. Of course, they're yeah. hockey. Yeah, they're that, right on brand right there. <laughs> Having a pickup hockey game going on. That's the big difference between uh, crossing that river is in Detroit. There are no pickup hockey games. Well, they have ice skating downtown, but no hockey. Yeah. Doesn't count. Well, let's get into uh, to the show and uh, let's talk about how Mark hates everybody in this hobby. Or what do you hate, Mark? The oh, condescending geez. and arrogant people in this well, hobby? What is it? Yeah. You had a pretty uh, controversial post this week. Everybody's arrogant that is into this hobby is what you're saying, I guess. I don't know. No, I, I wrote a post about um, the one thing I hate about this hobby is condescending and arrogant people, which we, we we tend to run across quite a bit in, you know, on Reddit is probably the worst. And then flyer talk in the Facebook groups, even on the blog posts, um, people will comment and they'll rip on each other. They'll rip on the writer. And they just, if you make any little mistake in these groups, they'll just, what they say is flame you, I guess. Um, so they'll just tear you apart because you made one little error or, you know, they want to show you that they're superior to you and it drives me crazy. So it was something that I just wanted to, I thought needed to be written. Um, I wanted to bring attention to, and I think a lot of people have felt it, but haven't said anything about it. So, and the, the negative thing is it's driven, you know, people away from commenting or asking questions because they're actually afraid that people are going to come down on them. So they, they sit back and lurk in the shadows when they really have questions they need answered and they're afraid to, to bring those forward, which I think is a shame. You know, we're all here. There's a lot of people in this community that love to help others. And we don't have that opportunity if people are, are sitting back and not participating because they're afraid of these few outliers that are the vocal minority. So I know you guys have all run across it. Oh, for sure. I'm still getting, uh, what did I get the other day? Somebody complained about something I wrote like a year ago on Miles to Memories. Yeah. yeah, you get delayed, delayed hate, delayed trolldom. It's terrible. It's terrible that people do this, especially you're right to the other people who actually have valid questions and want to engage in a helpful conversation. And then they feel like they're going to get, would you say flamed for, you know, yeah. I think like, that's what the kids call it these days. Yeah. For like participating. <laughs> We're so cool. I feel cooler now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think the, 
the one thing to keep in perspective on is no matter what, how much you know about something, uh, there's always topics that you don't know about. So when people are coming into miles and points, even if you've traveled to every country and done everything, uh, you know, those people bring uh, not only knowledge of, you know, of different things than you do to the table. So they're worth respecting, but uh, you can also learn from them. But yeah, most people... Uh, I, th I think this is a problem with the internet in general, but you know, everybody is sort of on their own team. And then once they sort of get into the tribe, they, uh, they use that to sort of prop themselves up. Uh, but I, I know in your post, Mark, you talked about a few different specific things and that people kind of give others a hard time about. And the first one was domestic travel. And I know that this is something you do a lot because a lot of your trips are domestic. Yeah, a lot of mine are just, you know, out of time. I can't I can't take a lot of time off, uh, you know, because I have to work around my wife's schedule if it's not a family trip. Um, so I do a lot of weekend trips and you can't go international for a weekend. You're not going to see anything by the time you get there and with the time change and everything. So I do a lot of fly out Friday night, fly back Saturday afternoon, baseball stadiums. All the trips are like that. You know, we'll actually hop from city to city over a weekend and stuff. So I do a lot of that travel and I've always noticed people are almost ashamed to say when we like we do a travel Thursday in the Facebook group, where are you going and stuff. And I've seen people apologize that they're going on a domestic trip or, you know, just kind of undersell it or, or feel meek about talking about it. And, you know, that's kind of sad to me. I've seen people get roasted for saying they wanted to go to Vegas or excited to go to Vegas. And people are like, why would you want to go there that you could go to Europe for the same price? Like, so it just it's something that drove me crazy. And there's so much to see in the US. I know the world's great, too. But, you know, don't discount domestic travel as something to use miles and points for as well. Well, kudos for writing it, because how many times have I gotten in trouble for saying I'm going to Vegas again? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, each person has their own wants and needs and what they want to discover in the world. And, you know, I think that part of this community should be to like prop people up when they're actually seeing things and going and visiting places, whether it be domestic uh, or, or international. I know I do a lot of trips, both, both of them. And I just think it's great. Anytime somebody leaves, I, I talk to so many people who are, you know, they just don't travel at all. They don't even leave their, their city. They don't see, you know, not only this country, but the world or anything. So anytime somebody's traveling, I think it's great. And we should, you know, support them in doing that. So I completely agree with you there. And I've definitely seen some of that sort of negative behavior or that judgment. You know, the United States is a huge place. And there's so many cool places to discover. You know, like you said, even on a weekend trip where you only have a couple of days, there's so much cool things like, you know, piles of dirt in Canada that you can. <laughs> well, that's international start. travel. Thank you very much, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, there you go. Another reason why you should be ashamed for only doing domestic travel on the weekends. You just have to go across the river. <laughs> All right. And then oh. the, other, the other thing you mentioned was using miles and points for only uh, premium class travel, like first in business class internationally. People shame uh, the people who fly in coach. Yeah. And it's not I mean, I don't think they're upset that they're flying coach, but they're, they, some people will get upset. They they think it's a, a shame that they're using miles and points to fly coach like, oh, I only save my miles and points to fly in first class because that's the best redemption. You're getting one and a half cents per point and I get eight. You know, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you spend cash? And and I talked to Spencer Howard about this um, when I was in Washington, D.C. Uh, a couple months ago and we we're going back and forth on it. And he's like, you know, to be honest, both are right. It, it all depends on how many miles you have, how much money you have, you know, either way works. And I said, I agree 100 percent. So that kind of stuck with me. You know, if you have the money that you want to save your points for the the most luxurious travel, that's great. If you don't have the money and you want to use your points to, to, you know, go anywhere, that's fine, too. It's not a one size fits all. So that's why I wanted to bring up as well is that, you know, there's no wrong way to do it, really. 
Yeah, I think in the end, we're all winning. What do you think, uh, Bethany? Do you? I know you uh, have been doing a lot more international premium class travel lately. Gotta get I... bougie. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bougie yeah. take on this? Uh, I would actually agree with everything Mark said. I think that uh, for me, it's more uh, advantageous to save my miles and points for more aspirational travel where I'm going to be getting like, you know, Mark said like uh, five, six, seven cents per mile or point. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with redeeming 5,000 AA miles for, you know, economy web specials if you're fine with flying economy and you travel all the time. You always you know, got, you're going to rub in the fact that I got to fly to Australia and New Zealand. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Coach next month. That's right. Thanks for the reminder there, Bethany. All right. And then the last part of your post, and before we move on, correcting people with no tact. I did notice that there is a lot of people in this neighborhood, in this, in this Miles and Points community, in this little neighborhood that we have, I guess, uh, that uh, do like to correct people. They like to, they like to flex. They like to show their knowledge. And they like to tell you how stupid you are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, or at least they like to tell me, I, I should say they like to tell me how stupid I am. Especially when you write like a 2000 word post and you spell like one word wrong. And that's the, they like run to it to make one comment. And it's so snarky in the way they do it. And it's like, come on, man. Like you read this whole thing. Didn't you get any value out of it that you have to tell me it's wrong? That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Everybody makes mistakes, but to do it in such a way that to just put me down over one word, I don't get it. And then they do it in Facebook groups too, you know, like they might use the wrong um, code for, you know, like Southwest, somebody might put SW and they're like, that's not what it is. Don't you know it's WN? And it's like, really? Who cares? You know what they meant? Yeah, you might you might say Wells Fargo instead of Discover or something like that. <laughs> Shout Maybe. out to Danny. And, yeah, and uh, you know it happens, but yeah, we are human beings, so it does does affect us in that way. But I think that we have, and to kind of close this out, I mean, we have for us. I, I think it's important to create a community with our readers that we that this doesn't exist, or to try to get rid of it as much as possible. And I think we have heard from readers that the Facebook group and even the comments on our site that we have done a good job with that, and I'm happy about that because I think that. This this is important. Uh, it's important to have positive spaces and we're not the only one. There are other groups that are positive as well. And so I'm glad that we're talking about this so that we can continue to uh, weed out the bad seeds. Now, one thing I've, I forgot to actually write about that I wish I would have added in there is um, people hate on people for going back to the same place more than once, which they're like, why wouldn't you go ex- expand and check out new places and stuff? And I love traveling back to the same place because you never really get enough of the city, town, area in one trip. And, you know, you already know what you like about it. So you go check out a different area. So if you if you like doing that, don't worry about it. If people give you uh, crap about it, keep doing it. I love it. I know Sean goes back to the same place. We all know Bethany goes back to the same place. <laughs> I have three on Vegas, Bahamas, and then Dubai on a connection to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want me to go to Prague? Okay, I'll be there in three days. I got I to gotta go to an Abu Dhabi and then Dubai, and then I'll make it to to to, stop in to Prague and then to, to Pilsen. Pils- <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, going back to the same places is cool. I really enjoy it. I've been traveling a long time, so I have gone back to many of the same places. Like you know, I've been to Hong Kong seven or eight times, for instance, and uh, I don't regret that at all. I do see new places as well, but I also don't, you know, judge somebody who wants to visit every country and then they're, you know, spending significant resources to go to small islands in the Pacific. And that makes sense to them. And that's great. And actually, I think that's, you know, I'm always in awe of that. But yeah, it's amazing. I I could never do it. Yeah, but on the flip side, I think people who go back to the same places, there's nothing wrong with either one of those uh, approaches to travel. Agreed. Although you'll never see me in like one of those African safaris where you have to soak your clothing in DEET. Like I'm never doing that. 
Yikes. Yeah. So many mosquitoes. And I've been to a few uh, places like that where you can like just see the mosquitoes everywhere and you just have to hope that the uh, repellent is working. And it does work generally. I've never in those kind of scenarios, I haven't actually been bit, but yeah, it, it's crazy. All right. And let's, let's move on from that talk to, uh, I wanted to talk as we close out the year in this kind of holiday edition about the one thing that we are looking most forward to using or one, I don't know, benefit program feature loophole, something that we're using the most and that we're really looking forward to using in 2020. Bethany, you want to start us off? Sure. Well, my favorite program benefit I'm actually losing for 2020 is with AA Executive Platinum, I can put a reward tickets on sale. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Like, wow, can, I get, can I get a uh, flight to Australia for 4,000 miles, please? <laughs> account shutdown coming Bethany's way. So I, miles. I put them on sale just by myself. Now we know why they've had all those great sales lately, Bethany. Been, uh, behind it all. Can you imagine? Um, okay, yeah. So I put my award tickets on hold and then I can cancel them up until like the day before. And I am going to miss that so much. I'm not sure how I'm going to live without it. Bethany, I don't know if you heard, but uh, I got executive platinum status for free. So I'm going to be canceling uh, all so kinds I've heard. of awards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can book them for both of us. Can, can you do that? Like book on the same PNR and then just cancel yours? I think people have done that in the past. I think once, yeah, once the executive platinum was canceled off of it, then it doesn't become redepositable for free, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, so people will book themselves with somebody else and keep themselves on the reservation. And then when it's 100% set, they'll cancel themselves off and sort of let the people. I have heard that, but I think that's against the program rules. I've never done it uh, because yeah. I just never had the. the <laughs> I wouldn't mess around with American right now. Yeah. No, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> so, yeah, I have heard of people doing that with various programs. I don't know about specifically with American. Um, but yeah, I do. Uh, I'm looking forward to my executive platinum status. But for me, the one the one killer thing, I look at all my travels and I'm so heavily into Hyatt that that ultimate rewards transferring to Hyatt is for me the killer thing. If that goes away, you know, it's going to be a, it's not obviously won't be the end of the world, but it would be close to the end of the world. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or even like switching it to like one and a half to one or two to yeah, one or something like that. Just killing that value in some way because it is tremendous value uh, on the earning side. We all know how easy it is to earn ultimate rewards. And we have guides on the website if you are new to this and, and want to see the best ways to earn it. But you can earn, you know, up to 5x ultimate rewards with various cards. And then just to be able to transfer those to Hyatt. And yeah, we had some minor devaluations the last few years and they've added peak pricing now, but it's still a tremendous value, especially if you're an elite in the program and stuff. So for me, that's the one thing. What about you, Mark? What is your one thing? Uh, I'm going to piggyback on that a little bit and uh, say your globalist status. So you can, <laughs> so you can book me guest of honor stays. <laughs> Anybody listening, I am full on, uh, on friends who I can book guest of honor stays for. <laughs> Uh, but that's the, like, it's such a cool perk. Um, if you know anybody, which everybody in this, uh, hobby knows somebody that has global status, I would think, um, and that they allow that to get extended and you can transfer your points to the person so they can book the room. That's a crazy value. And I don't know, you know, I think it's just to try to get people lured into globalists and say, wow, I really want to go for this. So I think that's why they do it, but it's pretty cool. Um, another one I would say is uh, Virgin Atlantic using their miles to book Delta flights since I'm a Delta hub. I love that with the transfer bonuses um, from Amex. 
So you're getting, you know, I can fly to Amsterdam and uh, a live flatbed for 50,000 miles, even less if you're taking a transfer bonus into uh, account, which is insane. And that's usually cheaper than booking it directly with Delta. And you can cancel the flight and you only lose, you know, the taxes and fees if it's domestic. That's like $5.60 each way. So those are the two things that would kill me the most, I think. Are you trying to rub in that I flew to Amsterdam on Delta in premium economy? What I flew back, what? I flew back in it, and it wasn't that bad. But overnight, was, yeah, that wouldn't be great. It was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, it's like six hours for you. <laughs> it, but it was overnight. I was like, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> but Amsterdam's so amazing; it was worth it, right? Oh, it was awesome. Sure, I, it wasn't worth it, no. But it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Now I'm just thinking about my 14-hour flights to Australia, New Zealand. Well, uh, I, I got a. I'm doing overnight in economy to Paris in May, and then we have like 10 hours to explore the city, and then I get back on a flight and fly to Kiev, and it's going to be like two days without showering or a bed. So Bethany's oh. dream right there. Those types of things are always brutal. Get on a long flight, then see a city for 24. I Back in my early award travel days, I would do that, book 24-hour, just less than 24-hour layovers for free, and then do three or four cities, like less than, it's so exhausting. Uh, yeah, I know, but for 25,000 sky miles, I, I couldn't pass it up. That's such a good deal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it'll be fun. I mean, going to, uh, to you've never been to Paris, right? No, I have not. So it's nice to check it off, like get to see it and get a taste for it, even though it's a few hours. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I wanted to talk about next elite status because we're at the end of the year. It's our special holiday show. And I know all of us are carrying some sort of elite status in the 2020 because what kind of travel hackers would we be if we weren't? This is Sean blog that once again he has American status that he yeah, got well, from I won't, his globalist status. I, I won't this talk about I won't talk about my American executive <laughs> platinum status very much. But there are other statuses I have, and I know that you guys have. So I thought we would be it'd be good to talk a little bit about which statuses we have, how did we get them, how we're planning to use them to make our travels better in 2020. Um, are there any statuses either one of you are particularly excited about for that you have this year? Um, yes, I am excited to be moving from AA to Delta because I feel like I'm never going to get another upgrade again with everybody who just got executive platinum status. So I'm excited to be moving over to Delta and I'm currently in a status challenge where I should meet the requirements for platinum, uh, which is not top tier, but I'll get it for next year. So I'll be okay. Yeah. And just for people who don't know, Delta has a status challenge available to pretty much anybody. Um, they, unlike some of the other airlines, they actually ask you to send proof that you've flown with the airline you're matching from. Um, so but yeah, they will match status for most of the major airlines. And then depending on how much you fly during the challenge period, if they accept your challenge, you can get uh, silver, gold, or platinum status. So for platinum, you need to fly, was it almost 18,750 medallion qualifying miles and uh, spend 2,250 uh, MQDs, medallion yes. qualifying dollars, or have a waiver with the credit card if you spend, what is it, 25,000 on the credit card? Yeah, I think it's 25. Yeah, so you're so you're saying you're gonna get the uh, you're gonna hit the eighteen seven fifty plus the the spend and you're gonna get platinum status through twenty twenty one. Yeah, what I'm 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 still contemplating whether or not I'm going to just go for gold and then carry over enough for next year so that I can. So one of the cool things about Delta um, membership is that they'll let you carry over your EQMs from year to year, which is. I think it's the only airline program that does that. Can you guys think of another one that allows you to do that? I'm not sure. I don't yeah, think, I think I can't think of anything. I think in the major programs they are the the only one that really does that. Do they allow you to do that on the challenge? I wasn't sure. 
No. So for the challenge, um, I'm talking about for 2021. Gotcha. Okay. I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm game planning for the future. Because I, I need that top tier status and you can't achieve it through the challenge. That's the only difference between like a Delta challenge and AA. AA will let you get the top tier, but Delta will not give you diamond if you are meeting the requirements through a challenge. Do you know, does gold uh, allow you to do the uh, flight cancellation, award flight cancellations, or is that only platinum and above for Delta? You know, I'm not sure. I haven't been part of the program long enough to really, you know, I just figured, okay, let me just figure out what I need to do to get to gold and then figure out whether or not I was going to go for platinum or save it. Yeah, that is a nice perk of rolling over because, you know, if you... you can almost have enough sitting there that you are guaranteed to get silver status the next year and work from there. So exactly. I know uh, Ian wrote a post about that. I think on travel update about how he came up a few hundred miles short, but ended up working out better um, because now he has a huge rollover to next year. So that is a good, I think that's the best way to do it personally. Yeah. It's the, the rollover is really, uh, really good. They do. They gold does not get a, an award redeposit fee waived so you do have to oh that would have been huge though that's nice platinum and diamond do i was supposed to get gold through the through the challenge with delta too before i knew that i was going to get given uh, the executive platinum status but uh, i got sick and then i didn't make my trip to orlando so i think i'm I'm only going to get silver status for next year through delta through this challenge but i guess i guess it gives me access to better seats within 24 hours or something if i happen to be flying them so i guess i'll take it and maybe we're doing hawaii in march maybe i'll get lucky and get an upgrade as a silver if there's no other elites but i doubt that so i probably won't get much for my delta status maybe get like a comfort seat or something or exit row yeah well i got the we got the the kid with us so can't do exit row. oh okay yeah yeah uh, I should split myself off and go get an exit right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Being from New York, uh, Bethany, you really have your choice of airlines there. I mean, they all have hubs there. Um, I guess United, you got to go to New Jersey, but gross. <laughs> yeah, I see no reason to do that or fly United. So. I say that as I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm allowed to. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very lucky. You can actually go from these programs. Like you had the executive platinum status through a challenge, you know, originally through a challenge that you met the terms and you kept it. Now you're on to Delta and you can kind of go back and forth between these airlines and sort of leverage the status back and forth. And because you're in New York, you're always going to have access to to lots of flights. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I consider myself very lucky. So let me ask you a question. If you were me, would you do a quick mileage run to lock up um, AA gold status? I mean, the only benefit of AA gold status is really, obviously, you can use 500 mile upgrade stickers to get upgrades. Those almost never clear. For me, the only time I've ever really used it was to avoid the close in booking fee with American. And I think that's going away, right? Yes. So I don't. I used it. I used it once when I got it from Hyatt for uh, to do a standby, which they only allow elites to do. So yeah, for free. I, you, I mean, you get a little bit of a benefit with seats, but you don't even get main cabin extra ahead of time. So I don't. I wouldn't do a mileage run for gold status with America. And then what? What about platinum? What'd you do it then? See, I don't think platinum is is all that much more rewarding. You get you get some benefits with standbys, and of course, you do get ca- uh, main cabin extra at booking, which is which is pretty nice. But you don't get automatic upgrades either with platinum. Right. So I, you know, whereas with the other programs like Delta Platinum or you know United Gold or even Delta Gold and Silver, their lower levels, they still offer upgrades complimentary with American mm-hmm. Platinum and below. You need to use those five. 500 mile upgrade certs. And uh, as you mentioned, Bethany, there's a whole bunch of Hyatt globalists in front of you in <laughs> yeah. line now for those upgrades. Uh, they're definitely in front of everybody. Exec- people who earned executive platinum the hard way uh, will be above those Hyatt globalists because they'll have more spend and everything else. But anybody who's below that platinum pro, platinum gold will, uh, will certainly be behind all these new elites. 
I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't do it. I haven't gotten a great amount of use. I've had platinum status three times over the years gifted to me by American Airlines, and I've definitely enjoyed it, but it hasn't been anything that I would kind of spend significant amounts of time and money to get. Yeah, that's my thinking. All right. You're right. And what about you, Mark? What kind of elite status are you uh, holding on to for 2020? I don't really have much of anything. I have uh, Diamond with Hilton from the Aspire card, which is nice, but it, it's not that much better than Gold unless you're international. So I have that and then Explorers through uh, Hyatt, which gives me the uh, certificates when I don't want to bother you that I can still get into the lounge. So, <laughs> so that's nice. But like I, I said, I, I, I stay often at lower end Hyatt's where breakfast is already included and stuff. So I don't use the lounge. I actually have like seven sitting in my account right now, I think. So status isn't a huge for, thing for me if I want it um like when i was going to orlando i just reached out to the hotel and said i want a suite you know can you give it to me for 50 bucks a night and they did if i want it i'll just get it at that at that moment i won't really chase it as much so that's where i'm at i guess i'm the the status hater of the group <laughs> no i'm with you as far as hotels go for sure i don't yeah. know i just gave me executive platinum status so i say I <laughs> that's a good point. and uh with that let's uh let's move into the rapid fire Let's get these uh, few things. Rapid fire is just a segment. We're going to talk about things in a quick way, and there's more information. Uh, we'll direct you to a post so you can get more information. The first one is a brand new Hyatt opening up in Portland, right, Mark? Yeah. So you wrote an article, Hyatt Regency Portland uh, just opened up, and PDX Deal Guy actually had a time to to run in there and check it out and take some pictures for us. And it, it looks pretty amazing. And it is actually a Regency. It's not a, a Grand Hyatt. I messed that up last week <laughs> with the title. I don't know if anybody else caught it besides Sean when I called the uh, SFO Grand Hyatt, the Hyatt Regency. But uh, so yep. it is the Hyatt Regency wow, Portland. Mark, wow. <laughs> <laughs> But it does look pretty great. I, I didn't look at where it's located. Is it like right in the heart of downtown? So like good location, Sean? It's not in the heart of downtown. It's just kind of across the river. It's right next to their arena, to the Moda Center, the NBA arena. And oh, okay. The That's convention nice. center. And it's right on their light rail. Uh, I think it's called Max, if I'm right, if I remember right. But it's right on their right light rail line. So it's really quick to get into downtown. So a really good location. And it's only a category three, which the other, the other properties in Portland right now, there's a Hyatt House uh, downtown and a Hyatt Place by the airport are both category threes as well. So to get into a full service Hyatt Regency, it looks beautiful at the same price is, uh, yeah, it's a great deal. There is a Hyatt centric opening up in downtown Portland in February, and that'll be a category four for 15,000 points as well. So Portland finally okay. getting some good options for Hyatt. Yeah. And it does have a lounge, uh, right? Correct. I believe it does have a lounge. <laughs> yes. A, a Regency club lounge. Pointed out by, by so kindly. I don't know who this guy is, but... <laughs> And moving on, the next rapid fire, uh, what I, I wrote about my issues I've had with Rakuten, the portal, formerly known as Ebates, uh, this holiday season. They do have a, like a quirk where you, uh, if you shop through them and the merchant has different payouts for different categories, where they seem to only be paying you for the lowest amount. And a lot of people seem to be also having this issue. I have too. It's sort of a frustration, but I wrote the post to kind of remind people to check their their portal payouts with Rakuten because you know you don't want to get it. In my case, I did. They were paying 10 percent back for toys. Uh, I only got credit for one percent. So on a five hundred and forty-one dollar purchase, you know, instead of five hundred or five thousand fifty-four hundred points, I got five hundred and forty points. Just a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, ah, and, and just a tiny bit. 
I don't want to interrupt you, but did you buy anything that wasn't in the 10% category? No, it was just, it was the same item, many of the same item, and it was only a toy. And I've actually had several purchases this way in the last few weeks that didn't track correctly. So I thought mm. it was, there was enough of a, a there there to, to write about it. And then there's lots of people in the comments who have had similar issues. So if you do have that issue, check uh, check out their site. There's a missing, missing cashback form. I don't know. I'm still on like three or four days since I filled it out on this particular one. And I haven't heard back. I imagine they're incredibly busy because of the holidays. And they usually, they usually correct them pretty easily. When you do catch it, some people they just correct it without anything. They seem to always require proof for me. Although I mean, I do have the proof, so I'm not asking for anything I don't have proof for. But yeah, I, in the past, once I've sent the proof, it, it gets fixed right away. It's not a lot of back and forth, so that's always good uh, to do that. And you can find the post on that on the website. And then uh, Bethany, you want to talk about uh, speaking of advantage status? Uh, you can talk a little bit about a challenge for Founders Card members, right? Yes. So Founders Card, if people are not familiar with it, which I think by now they probably are, is basically a paid uh, membership program where you get access to a whole bunch of uh, like discounts, some benefits, actually some pretty good benefits. And then they also give you some travel benefits, including um, Hilton Gold Status and these regular um, airline elite challenge opportunities, we'll call it. Uh, and right now they have one for um, American, but what's really cool about this one and really the only thing that I think is noteworthy about it is that they're actually letting you choose the challenge period, which is kind of unheard of. So if you register and then you have like a month to choose when you want the period to be, and it can be like any time within like the next three months. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is nice because you can time it up when you start flying instead of having like a month burn that you're not flying. So that's pretty exactly. crazy. Yeah. And I think that the end of it, uh, you can stretch it out till the end of June. So a lot of people are flying more, you know, in like in the spring and summer. So I think it's actually a, a pretty good one. All right, cool. And you have all the details on bougiemiles.com. Uh, you got for that, it. Uh, for that challenge. And then uh, last, wanted to talk about uh, British Airways Avios and the best ways to redeem them. Uh, we have a post on the site this week about that, right, Mark? Yeah, Ian uh, wrote up a post about it and he picked out his favorite five favorite ways to uh to use avios uh when you're redeeming them um you know like west coast to hawaii Aer Lingus off peak um you can fly san francisco to dublin for 16,250 or 16,250 avios and 35 dollars which is insane i know bethany would cry the whole time and and coach yep. but <laughs> that's what i was thinking yeah but, uh, you know, that short haul flights in the U.S. on Alaska or American. So there's a lot of options and then they have good cancellation policies. So and great transfer bonuses. So that this is a great post to check out uh, bookmark for future reference. Whenever Amex has like a 40 percent offer, we're getting 40 percent more miles when you transfer over. You can use it for these five different uh, key ways to redeem them. So something to check out for sure. Yep. And uh, yeah, I've used the Hawaii, uh, West Coast to Hawaii many times. And if you look at those 40, 50, even we've had 50% transfer bonuses from American Express, uh, that makes that the price just so cheap if you factor in the bonus. So I, I and there's so many great uses of obvious, not the perfect program for all flights. There's lots of really bad uses of obvious too, but lots of good ones as well. All right. And I think that'll do it for this week's show. Bethany, uh, can you remind everyone where they can find you during the week, how to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Please follow me on 
on Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's at Bougie Miles, B-O-U-G-I-E. Um, a lot of people think it's Boogie, so it's Bougie. Mm-hmm. Booger Miles. Yep. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's nothing I, that's more I'm... Bougie than being <laughs> confused with boogers. <laughs> um, and at my uh, blog, BougieMiles.com, and bothering my friends at Miles to Memories on a daily basis. Mark, where can we uh, find you during the week? You can find me on the website, Miles to Memories. Uh, just comment on any of my articles and I'll respond to you there. Uh, in the Facebook group, which there's links to on the website, I'm in there pretty much every day, uh, pretty active. And Or you could just email me at mark at milestomemories.com. How about you, Sean? You can find me at Best Disney Hacks on uh, Twitter. That's my personal Twitter. And then uh, everything Miles to Memories on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, milestomemories.com. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, you can find all of our links to subscribe, mtmpodcast.com. And uh, subscribe on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, everything else. And if you have been enjoying the show, tell a friend, let people know. More and more people keep listening to the show. And we really love to uh, to see the numbers grow and to hear from you. And uh, with that, I'll say uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Monica, happy holidays for whatever holiday you celebrate. And uh, we are so happy to have you uh, as part of the Miles to Memories community. Thanks so much. And see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for Bye. joining us, Bethany. Thank you for thank, having oh, me. Thank you, Bethany. I'm so I'm such a terrible host. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> thank you so much, Bethany, for uh, for joining us and coming. And it was an absolute pleasure. And we're so glad to have you here. Bye. Chris, so creepy. Well, I'm a professional, Bethany. I do this every week. Normally we can go off as far in the tangents as we want because Joe has to edit it and put it all together, <laughs> figure it all out. I really need your help. Yeah, man. Joe, can you please edit this for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's my big brag of the day. I got a gift basket from Hyatt. Woo! Although we're going to have a, 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 a premium group here soon. That'll be fun. You have to stay tuned for that. Mark and I are working on it.